What up, everyone? Welcome again to another episode from my mom's garage. As always, this is your host, Tony, with our boy, Nikki. Hello. 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 Good, good, good. How you been, man? I'm okay, man. <laughs> uh, I was going for the dramatic thing. You were trying to go for the dramatic thing? Yeah. It's just one word, just very dry answers. Just, what's up? You should have gone really low with that. Just breathy. <laughs> no, everything's good. Uh, everything's good. Everything's good? Oh man, I thought you were telling me. I don't I think know. I'm, I'm like, everything's good. Everything's I good? like how you went though. You went you went from telling me everything's good, everything's good. Is everything good? Like, like No, I was, it was generally a question from the beginning. I was like, everything's good? Everything's good. No, it was everything's okay, but I guess I, the fluction that I did it. I guess, yeah. And I was like, I really wasn't picking up on it. I was like, what? what? Wait, what? A question? What? That was a question. It's good, man. I'm just you know, the the normal. How's your journey? Normal your- fat Spanish boy problems. Trying to figure out how to not be fat. Nice. I'm good with the Spanish part. You're okay with the Spanish? I'm okay yeah, I'm with, good the Spanish. with the Spanish part. I stay Spanish. <laughs> but I, I'm trying to be not fat. How's your journey of your the best hamburger ever of Orlando going? I haven't really explored anything new though. Although like the other day I went to. Um, I went back to that one spot, but, you know, I work, you know, when I have to go to the office, it's right next to it. So it's, uh, man, I, I don't know what I ate. I, it just got me. I was just full. Like, I've been getting full so fast lately. It's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, I had a, I had one of their barbecue burgers, and I was just like, you ever, you ever get to that point when you're eating something where you're like, you're looking at the last piece, like, just with anger, because, you know. Can't fit it. Yeah. It's, it's like. I, I've, I've been in those situations at times. Like, cause you know, you want, the, you know, you know, it's weird because you don't want to throw it out and you know, but you know, at that point in time, you're just like. My worst experience with mm. that for it was actually with you. Mm. The first time we went to Izzy Bond. Okay. And you, I explained everything except I guess the part of they have a no waste policy. Yeah. And I was to the point that I couldn't eat anymore, but I had to force myself to eat it so we don't get the additional charge. <laughs> and I, I, that moment in time, I hated you <laughs> with all my heart. I meant the food, but okay, if you hated me, that's cool. Like, <laughs> the funny thing is, the first time I ever went to an all you can eat sushi spot, it was so funny because I remember feeling like I was pushing, like, it didn't feel like I was putting the food in my mouth. It felt like I was pushing it in, like I was just literally Forcing. shoving it in, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I'm like, I was so I never eaten that much, you know. Because sushi was such a, for me at that time was like a little bit more. I guess my palate wasn't used to it, so I yeah. like I was you know eating it so every so often. It was expensive, you know, whatever it was a roll here and there, whatever expensive. Yeah. So I went to this place that I go, oh, you can eat as many as you want. Are you kidding me? Forget about it. So I'm like, I'm literally like a kid in the candy store, you know, this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I realized, yeah, there is a limit. <laughs> yeah, there is a limit. Especially but when you start passing out in the booth. <laughs> I was I was out. I was yeah. so, like, I mean, literally, I was just in the booth, just passed out because of all the rice. We basically just ate. Oh, man. So this weekend, I actually went to, uh, with my wife, to the hall in the yard. The hall's on the yard. Okay, or the hall's okay. in the yard. Okay. And it's a, um, I was like a food hall. And it's like nine different restaurants. Uh, there's like pizza, there's Jamaican, there's Hawaiian, sushi, ramen. Uh, there's like an all-American like uh, farm to house p- 
like just traditional American foods. There's uh one that's more like there's Italian. So there's nine different restaurants and and there's one large bar in the center and then most food halls that I've been to is that you go to each counter and you order your food, but this one they take the more upscale approach to it. So mm-hmm. they'll seat you down and have a waiter and the waiter just you order your things and they order from every each each restaurant separately. Mm. And they bring everything to you and everything's in one check. So it was fun. The food was, this is the first time I would, I would say that anything that the waiter recommended Mm. was on point. We were like, Oh, uh, we're like, Oh, we're looking at appetizers. He was like, it's your first time here. And I'm going to tell you now, get this. This is the best thing of all to all nine restaurants. This one right here. So, we're, and it's like a little piece of bread, like a brioche bread, uh, small, and it's with goat cheese and like caramelized uh, cauliflower with roasted nuts on top. Mm-hmm. The fucking best. Like, I've n- I, I I don't mind cauliflower appetizers, depending who makes them and where I go to. Um, pretty picky because sometimes it could just be very off-putting because cauliflower doesn't really have a taste unless you add to it. Mm-hmm. And this was, yeah, I was, I was like, let me order two more. Like that was that good. Um, my wife got some oxtail and then I got a poke bowl with ahi tuna from the Hawaiian place. He recommended that one to me because I was, I was between two different orders. So normally what I do, um, is like whenever I go to Russia and I'm like indecisive between, uh, items, I'll tell the rate, I'll tell the waiter, I'm like, listen, uh, I want one of these. One of these three, I'll let you choose. You pick however you would would eat it, and bring it to me, and I'll eat it. And um, he picked the. He said, "Go with this one with the ahi." And I'm like, "All right, make it large." It was delicious. And then, uh, then for dessert, we had it was a like a banana nut bread with ice cream and a uh, caramelized banana on the side to eat with it. And that was fucking delicious as well. But on the counter side is today we went to uh, uh, we went to uh, Hawkers in Winter Park when we were going to lunch before I got here, and I did the same thing. And you just letting the yeah. So I, I'm, I'm I told the waiter I'm like listen I'm between the the there's like a poi poi uh, curry chicken meal and a pad thai. I'm like whatever choose one for me. I'm undecisive. I'm like I want both, but I'm not really sure what I want. I'd rather you just choose whatever you think is best, whatever is greater, and mm. extra chicken, bring it to me. He's like, okay. So he goes, and we're waiting for our food. My wife's food comes out, and he's like, how's everything going? I'm like, he's like, he's like, where's your food? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. I'm not sure. <laughs> he hasn't arrived. He goes like, and he's looking at his, his, his uh, paper. He was like, I don't see anything. I'm like. You were supposed to decide for me. He was like, I forgot to write it down. Oh, my God. Because he decided to write it down. <laughs> he, he, he decided what he was going to choose, but he didn't write it down. So he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. So then he ran, and like within five minutes, I got my food. You know, it's funny. I got a friend of mine. What he does with waiters, he has this thing where he's like, um, so he automatically is going to, if he goes to a nice restaurant, he automatically is going to tip the waiter 20 bucks, period. Yeah. That's his thing. Base. That's his base? That's like, what? Well, yeah. Because like I don't think he go. he doesn't go to places where 20 bucks would like, would be excessive. Yeah. Or sorry, it would be too little. Like, he, you know, 20 bucks for him is just like, that's it. Yeah. Um, 
like, let's say he probably is going to a restaurant that maybe even the best order is probably going to be like 10 bucks would be his tip. Yeah. Probably. So what he does is he, he gets the restaurant. He puts down 20 bucks on the table. He goes, listen, this is your tip. I just wanted to, I just wanted to either give it to you or have it here in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he kind of used that as a way to ensure like they're going to hook him up or something. I don't know. But then I guess he would, it would go into what you're talking about, which is then you, then you talk to that guy, like he's going to order for you. Yeah. You get like, you get the waiter completely involved from the <laughs> get go. Like they're going to order for you. You're going to, you're going to give them the money in advance. Like this is like a bargaining, like a bargaining thing that you do with the waiter. Uh, Although the question is, can you trust the waiter's palate? That's true. That's, that's something with, and, and, and I've had been fortunate enough to most of the times they'll ask me prior to placing the order. Mm-hmm. There, a few of them would be like, do you have any food restrictions? Is peanuts? And I'm like, no, no, no. Do you like salt? Do you like uh, spicy? I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. So a few of them just ask if I don't, if, if, if I just tell them to pick whatever they want. Like if it's a menu that I love, I'm like, yo, just pick whatever and I'll eat it. Doesn't, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Surprise me. I just like, you know what I want to, the, 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 the mm-hmm. surprise element I like. But to counter your your story, yeah. I'm gonna have another story for this one. Right. Was uh, when I used to live in South Florida, mm-hmm. me and my friends used to go to uh, Denny's for like dinner sometimes, or yeah, yeah, yeah. like a late dinner after the clubs. So we went to the restaurant, we went to Denny's, and one of our friends were meeting us there because I guess he worked he he was a uh, he worked at a restaurant. I think he closed or at a bar, and he was getting out late. Mm-hmm. So when we got there, we started ordering our food, and we told the waitress. I told the waitress, listen. If you could sneak in as many fucks in this, whenever you come up to us, I'll give you a dollar for every fuck that you put into the conversation mm-hmm. on top of your whatever I'm going to tip you. If I'm going to give you 10 bucks and you say 12, I'm going to give you 22 bucks. She was like, bet. I was like, okay. You know, tell me how this girl, the minute my friend sat down, she was like, hello, you fuckers. How you doing today? And my friend was like, did she just say fuck to us? And I'm like, I didn't hear anything. I'm like, I didn't hear anything. You probably, you're too tired. You know, she's like, all right. So she's taking her order. So she looks at me, all right, you fat fuck. What are you going today? And my friend goes, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, this girl racked up 20 bucks within the first five minutes. Yeah. I was like, hey, we're good. He got the joke. Okay. I, I, I loved, I, I think my bill on my food was like 18 bucks and then and left like a $30 tip. Because she was like, you know, she had like, this was the, my best night ever I had in a while. It was so much yeah, fun. Yeah, but it's funny. Like, I, why would you, like, because in my head, I'm like, I get that it sounds funny, but you're not a rich man. And people can, like, kill that kind of thing. Like, oh, I, like no, I would have, it would have been more funny if they did the meow thing, like, sneaking in there, like, meow. How's meow? Like, what? <laughs> just say meow. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, no, but yeah, she just blatantly, straight up just said it. Forget no, but she it. she didn't even say it. But the thing is, she said it so so cunningly into the conversation that she, she said it so quick. Fat fuck. Like, yeah, it's she not like, cunningly. Into no, 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 like, no. But she said it so quick. She was like, hey, you fat fuck. What do you want today? Like, super quick. Like, you had to, like, hear it. The thing is, because I'm, I'm already prepared for it, so I'm catching it. Mm. But my friend goes, like, did she did she say that? Was Am I hearing stuff? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, what are you talking about? But, yeah, I was like, I, was, I, ha- I had my limit. I'm like, all right, we're good. But it was good. She had, it was a good time. So it was fun. So what were you saying? Uh, that your friend. You're saying something else. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, like blanking on that right now. No, I don't know. Um, 
No, oh no, I was because something that you you mentioned when you talked about that one place, um, it reminded me of this because like, so I'm from originally I'm from Lower East Side Manhattan, like in New York. Yeah, and uh, this one area of New York, this building that they used to be there, um, it got renovated into something you know very hipsterish kind of place. But I actually really liked what they did, what they did, and I would love for them to do something like this. So it's like a it's like um it's like a grocery store, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's like, imagine a grocery store. Oh, grocery, like, but it's not? Okay, so <laughs> do you remember the 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 Festival Bay? Nope. You know Festival Bay where they, where all the stores are individually different? Nope. Yeah, you, uh, uh, where the original Monsters and um, the original comic book store was at. Where? Uh, Gods and Monsters was at. Oh, okay, yes. That, that basically well, was Desert like, Land, is that? It was called Desert Land? Well, it's called Fest- the whole place was called Festival Bay, but I'm saying yeah. like every like so basically everybody had like a little store like yeah, a little shopping. It was like a it was like a live action le- Etsy. Yeah, right. So what this was it was kind of like that, but like for groceries. Like so, imagine you know that when you walk up to the back of the supermarket where they have the deli food. Yeah, you have that counter and the glass thing, yeah. whatever. So imagine basically just a labyrinth of that. Each check, like every couple of feet, is a completely different vendor, mm-hmm. and you can literally buy from each individual vendor. So one might sell cheese, one might sell baked yeah. goods, one might sell like vegetables, one might sell you know uh, fish, and another one might each, sell. Each one is a specialty. Yeah, but it, it ultimately it was a mall. And then if you go towards the back, um, then it goes from being like ingredients and stuff like that to actually being restaurants. Okay, know? that's cool. But they all still have the same amount of space. So the whole first floor of this kind of like mall is uh, food that you like grocery stuff like that, but food. And then upstairs is where you can eat all the food. Oh, nice. And then you look down on the vendors. You look down on the vendors. Well, you look down on, you look down on the people. You like, look down on the vendors. You know, it's like it's meant for people that are in commute eating whatever. So yeah. it's not like family restaurants. Oh, okay. But I would love for a place like that where you can just go, you know, just get like almost like because um, I'm not I don't really I don't go to the mall. You know, like, I haven't gone to the mall, and, like, honestly, I can't remember the last time I went to the mall. Mm-hmm. Because I never had a reason. Like, I mean, if I'm going to buy stuff, I just buy it online. Yeah. So, but I, I used to love the food court. Like, when I, mm-hmm. you know, when I was a kid, you know, we always used to just go around there. Like, so it would be interesting if they just built a building kind of like that. Yeah. Not to say food court, but, like, more mom and pop places rather than, like, Pizza Hut and stuff like that. Yeah, there's um, there's one Plant Street Market. It's in uh, Winter Park. Really? Yeah, so it's uh the main building that they're feet uh, they they're connected with was uh, uh Crooked Can. Okay, it's a brewery. So we went there for lunch one time, uh, like probably like a month or two ago. Mm. So you have Crooked Can, and then and it's a huge wall. It's a huge building. So once you walk in, you order your drinks, and then the rest is like it's almost like that. There's like individual spaces for each vendor. So the first one you go into, if I'm not mistaken, is like barbecue. Like barbecue ribs, pulled porks, sandwiches like that. Mm. The next one is pizza. So you're going to do individual pizza. After that, they have um, right next to the pizza one, it was a deli. So it's like cold cuts. Mm. Like how you said, like uh, pastrami, turkey, roast beef. And they make sandwiches there. Mm-hmm. After that, it's sushi. Then after that is uh, cookies, donuts, uh, macaroons. After that, it's ice cream. And then the opposite side coming back down. There's like popcorn. There's a donut stand. There's uh, another sushi or like ramen spot. After that is a, like a macaroni and cheese 
they do like they mix macaroni and cheese with like different meats and everything mm-hmm. else. So it was like that. So you know what'd be cool is like you go up to let's say so let's say all those places they have those kind of things, right? But they don't offer delivery. And that's perfect. What you do is um you just tell them, listen, let's have this building have its own personal rates. Yeah. Right? So like I'll give you a cut, you know, like whatever I charge, I'll give you a percentage mm-hmm. that for charge for delivery, but I'm only exclusively for this building. And I don't know, can they deny them being represented on Uber Eats and like that? I mean, I don't know if you can. I guess you can. No, all you would have to do, the way that would work, it, it wouldn't be app-based. It would have to be call-in based, I guess. No, you, why can't it be app-based? Just because um, you want to keep within a certain radius. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, can, could, can, can you deny Uber Eats delivery of food? Uh, if, I don't think so. But the thing with that, the only thing with that is because each vendor is it's operated on its, on its own entity. So if you order from one, you would have to do separate orders mm. and you have to wait till all of them get, they won't be bagged uh, together. They'll be bagged separately. So let's say if all like there's five of us and we each want something different. Mm. The Uber driver has to order, wait for each one. But if you have somebody that's internally doing mm. just delivery, limited space or limited rate radius, mm. they could, order it from every restaurant and have them put it into that. They have like a little section. Everybody brings it there. Like this is for this order. So you can bag everything in one bag. Yeah. One delivery service for the building. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be difficult for Uber Eats because. I guess you could call it in. Yeah. And then be like, what do you want from where you want it? And yeah. Yeah. I get that. Okay. So yeah, you would think that our podcast is about food. (laughs) But let's let's get into some topics. Yes, yes, yes. So recently, um, Mm-hmm. Do you do you know who Dakota Johnson is? Dakota is that Antonio Banderas' uh, daughter? I think so. Uh, she was in um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey, yes. Yes, I'm not. I'm not happy with her. Like, I don't know why. I mean, I maybe. I, I it's mean, not. It's not Antonio Banderas. Is uh, Melanie Griffith and Don Johnson? You sure it wasn't Antonio Banderas and, no. and Melanie Griffith? No. I swear she takes Don Johnson's name. That's his, that's her parents. Why do I think that was uh, Antonio Banderas' daughter? I am not sure. Her siblings are Banderas's, mm. but she is the daughter of Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith. Still kind of disappointed. Like, why? I hate, I, hate, I'm not, I hate being judgmental in that way. It's just because, you know, people are they just, I really, one, I've never seen Fifty Shades of Grey. It's yeah. not my thing. Um, Although, but the things I have seen of her, I don't really like. There's nothing like she's very kind of like, um, I guess, unmemorable, especially coming from a legacy family like that. Mm-hmm. I, w- I felt like there was going to be something more. At least her mom, her mom had this this kind of way about her that was always very iconic, always very kind of bubbly. And so I don't know. She came off very dry and I don't know, just uh, more like unlikable. She's like one of those people. Like, have you ever seen people that, that for some reason, even though they haven't done anything, you feel like you don't like them, yeah. That's how I feel from her. I have not, I have not liked any of her. Like she just has like a weird, unlikable quality about her, and I hate the fact because she probably doesn't deserve it. But just something about her, like generally, that I just don't feel. I don't know. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't catch on for me. And well, before we get into the news, what's funny about that that you say that is that um, I've even came into. Um, I was thinking about like what are what current or young uh, 
super that's superstar like Hollywood status um actor actress that has more stardom than more star power than their parents um and the only one that I could think of really huh Ben Stiller Ben Stiller but do you think he's he has more stardom than his dad yeah that one you but young but young actor though the only one that came into mind, and I don't know why, and I don't even think she's up there yet, but she's been having iconic roles or roles in really good movies was Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, but she doesn't have the star power for... for then bigger than Lisa Bonet? Nah, no, well, I mean, if you're talking about currently... Currently, yeah. Because Lisa Bonet hasn't done anything, but yeah, Lisa Bonet comes out even on a, like, a red carpet thing, and you're like... That's Lisa Bonet. Yeah, you're like you get in that's it. That's Lisa Bonet. Exactly. Like, but she, you, if but she if she says she was gonna do like that's the thing. Nothing against um, Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. She's been doing a lot, especially right now. She's doing a lot. However, if you told me like she was her mom's gonna start a movie out of nowhere after twenty something years of not doing anything, oh, people are gonna watch. People are gonna flip out. Like it's not they're gonna watch. They're gonna flip out. She's gonna be on the bigger news. So that's what I'm saying. Technically, she has not outshined her mom. Even though her mom, I think it was it was just the fact that her mom played a really iconic role at a very iconic time. You know, like yeah. those show those were some of the biggest shows that were out at the time. Yeah, and because she hasn't done anything else, people just kind of stick to that. Like, you know, so yeah. like she didn't do anything to diminish her image or change her image. So, and people still kind of valued those times. So, like you, yeah, like for example, that was. Honestly, uh, this um, Jason Momoa has a lot of impressive things about himself. Like, obviously, he looks and things like that. But one of the most impressive things for me was that he was with Lisa Bonet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially coming from the fact that Lisa Bonet was also with... Um, Lenny um, Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz. That's another one. You're Which like, is her dad. Yeah. So, it's like... She's coming from a super legendary family. So, yeah. I, I don't think she's outshined them yet. But can, can't she? Can she, has, she? Can't she, though? I think right now, with, I, right now with Marvel and all these superhero characteristics of like whatever, they can. Like for example, um, now this is gonna be hard. I'm not gonna say he can because it's it's gonna be a tough person to overcome. Yeah. But um, the guy who played uh, Inspector America was it uh, uh, Captain, yeah. uh, who was Captain America's uh, understudy, basically the the one from the show. The 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 one who everybody hated, Captain America. Yeah, Captain America, the one everybody hated though. Oh, U.S. Inspector, something like that. The, U.S. The, agent. U.S. Agent. They end up calling him. Um, Isn't that um? That's Kurt Russell's. Son. Kurt Russell's son. And he's been doing movies for a while, and he's been doing it really under the radar, like not really using his dad's name. But I think he has an opportunity, especially if he comes up with an like if he continues with that role. He was super hated, and I know it sucks to be hated as an actor, but yeah. He was super recognized because of it. Yeah. So uh, I think he has an opportunity to. If he gets a good, a couple of good roles under yes, his belt, huge roles like, under his belt, very like, iconic roles that could be memorable, just that has as a standalone. Yeah, I think that you, he he might not be able to surpass it, but he definitely would be. He might get to his dad's level, and it's that's difficult for him. And, to get and, to. and another one was uh, talking about that would be uh, John David Washington. Denzel's son. Denzel's son, which he's been doing. He did Tenant. Uh, he did. Uh, no, he's been doing a lot, and I think the problem is, I think his father still does stuff. Yeah. So, and it's, his father's coming out with another movie too, recently. I don't know that. I heard he's in production, but he didn't release whatever it was. But going back 
to Zoe. That's Zoe. Okay, to the Dakota. Dakota. Um, she is confirmed to be Madam Web for a Sony Spider-Man spinoff. Like an animated version or she's going to be herself? Live action. Live action. Suppose it's going to be live action because it's going to be touching the base of most of the worlds of like how we have Morbius uh, for that, Venom. So they're going to do a Madam Web. Um, uh, there's a few things with that was she generally is an older figure. She's she's more like a grandmother looking. She first was introduced in, in, in on TV was to the Spider-Man animated series. Yeah. And she did come out in the, the late in the early 80s in the comic books. Mm-hmm. And she's almost like an ally, like a clairvoyant. Most, mostly she is like a life support to Spider-Man okay. and to the Spider-Web family or whatever it is. And she did. Um, I know in the comic books, she usually she passes her powers down to uh, Julia Carpenter, which is Spider-Woman. Okay. And that's and that Spider-Woman becomes um, Madam Web. Through the comic book. So I don't know if they're going to go with the original iteration of Spider, uh, Madam Web, or they're going to do, or they're going to use Julia Carpenter's character, but then that will be establishing Spider-Woman into that universe. So people are iffy about it. Plus, because her track record with, with. She, I mean, the thing is, is that if she, even she would, okay, so like, now that I know, because I thought, again, I thought she was Antonio Banderas's daughter. So. Uh. Not counting Tony Banderas, we're just talking about Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith. Melanie Griffith, even though some of her roles are super iconic, they're very old, right? Yeah. So like uh, Mel was a Milk Money stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I remember the movie. Yeah. Um, they're but the problem is they're old. They're very old, and even Don Johnson, you know, he was his most iconic role of all was uh, Miami Vice. Yeah. So I think. She has an opportunity to outshine her parents at this point because she's basically like, I don't know. If, I mean, let's say if a comparison, she's probably going to be, if she would be bigger than them at their peak, because she might actually, like, like I said, a comic book character done well can definitely surpass, especially those two characters. Yeah. Because Miley Griffin. I'm not sure. My, my thing is more about her taking that role than her as a patient. I just don't know if like, I'm just, I'm hoping she does a good job. Again. I have this not, falls into I have not cared for her when I seen her. like the movies I've seen of her and I've seen her just like super like romantic comedies. Um, yeah, because she's most other, besides Fifty Shades of Grey, she's done How to Be Single, Twenty One Jump Street. She was really good in Peanut Butter Falcon though. She was good in that. I didn't see that I, one. I, that was a uh, Shia LaBeouf movie, which yeah. is really good. You have to watch it. Uh, she was in Social Network. The High Note. It was like. Uh, uh, she I don't remember had any of those movies except for Bad Times at the uh, El Royale. She was in that one, but I've never seen that movie. I didn't see that one. That was like that time, like at the bottom of my watch list. <laughs> yeah, but most of the movies she's done, I'm looking but at. But you don't remember her in them. Like I, even if you've seen them, you don't like. Oh, she. I remember her in in Peanut Butter Falcon. Well, there you go. But that's yeah. I haven't seen that one. But then I don't remember her in um, Twenty One Jump Street. I think I remember her, but she wasn't like a big part of it. No. Um, how how to be single? I think she was one. No, of she the was the main group. person. Yeah, and even but that then she, one. She, she, she got outshined by Rita, uh, Rita Wilson. Yeah, but even though like she, Rita Wilson has a good job of, she doesn't really outshine. She just kind of enhances. Like she like I, like I still remember a lot of the, the roles she did with Pitch Perfect. She enhanced the roles with everybody else. Like she, like I still felt like because she 
when she does comedy, she doesn't do. I don't feel like she doesn't do comedy on her own. She plays against somebody else. Yeah. So, and she still didn't highlight her that well. That's yeah. what I mean. We don't. We um. She does a good job of highlighting the person she jokes with, because that's the funny part. You know, they're kind of balanced, and that's why I liked about Pitch Perfect. But she didn't really do it that well. Not like she didn't. It just didn't come off well. Okay. But with her. I don't. I don't know. It's it's gonna fall onto we'll it's gonna I mean, fall onto Sony's. I mean, that's only if two things gonna happen. It's either gonna be a solely Sony project, mm-hmm. or it's gonna be a collaboration with Sony and Marvel that they almost like a Spider Man collab than a association with, because that's that's where you fall in between with like Venom and Spider Man. Because Venom is a Sony movie that's an association with Marvel, so they have some. Say, but not enough to 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 have more creative rights. I'm assuming mm-hmm. than Spider Man that they're both working cohesively together on this one project. So I don't know where they're gonna fall into this. Being that is gonna fall into the Spider Man universe because you can't have you can't have Madam Web without having Spider Man in it. And with that, but talking about and funny enough that we went to you said Pitch Perfect and uh, Rita Wilson. Rita Wilson is coming out with the new movie. And I was just reading about it. I don't remember the name. So this one is that she is or she was a 17-year-old uh, cheerleader that falls off uh, one of the like uh, pyramid uh, trick during, during, I guess, a cheerleading competition or whatever. And she goes into a coma for 20 years and wakes up when she's 37 and she's trying to relive her, her life, trying to get the glory of being the prom queen and trying to go back to high school. I'm guessing. I feel like this movie came uh, was made before she lost her weight. This movie was made after she lost her weight. Really? From the no, picture I, I see, it looks like it was after she lost her weight. No, the reason I ask that question is because, like, it doesn't... It feels like it feels like a... Uh, um, it feels like a... Wait, you're talking about... Rebel, right? Re- Rebel Wilson. Yeah. I, said, I said Rita Wilson? Yeah, I don't sorry, know if you're going to say Rita. Rita. I'm oh, sorry, Rebel Wilson. you know you're going to hear it. You yeah. Know? She's going to call you on it. Watch. I know. Oh, fuck. You know who you are. I know. You will say this. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Rebel Wilson. Yes, Rebel Wilson. Um, but yeah, she... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's a script that was literally classic her when she was doing, you know, Pitch Perfect roles. Yeah. Um, which, obviously, think about it. Yeah, it would play well. Like, you know, you have the... Super skinny, you know, cheerleader, you know, fit, and all of a sudden she wakes up, not skinny, but skipping a beat. All of a sudden she's like, you know, older and bigger. That fits, but I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I that's. I hope that she's able to recover from that transition, but a lot of comedians do not. Like from that, from that being funny because I'm big transition to now I'm super skinny. Yeah, like. I hope she's able to recover from it, but, and I hope she's able to find her humor in it. Uh huh. But I just, I don't see that. Um, so you have that come, it's called Senior Year. It comes out this year, actually. I don't see that. Uh, that like, I, I, there's not a lot of comedians that I've seen that, that's been able to. I wonder, think about that. That's a good one. Like, cause even, um, uh, what's his name? The guy from uh, Wolf of Wall Street? Not Jonah Leonard Hill. Not, uh, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. He struggles with that a lot. Where he loses weight, he gains weight. He loses weight, he gains weight. Yeah. Um, and but he was also super like he was known. For, he was super funny for being more of a heavy set guy. Yeah. So 
don't know. But uh, let's see. I mean, I, I, I would love to see it. I'm really I'm really hoping, because this is going to be the first movie I think we've seen her since she lost all the weight. I think so, yeah. I think she might have come out with another one. I'm just, I'm trying to remember which one it was. Mm-hmm. No, she hasn't done a movie. She hasn't done a movie since she lost all the weight. Oh, well, she did, but it wasn't really. Really? Her, it was CGI'd cats. No, she wasn't skinny then. She was really big. And cats? No. Yes. Was she? I thought Look, she pull did. up a picture, man. No, Think I'm about, saying that was CGI, but I thought she had lost some weight already at that point. No, but they were they were CGI on them, but that they were they were themselves. They were in costume, but no, that's her. That was her. Oh, okay. I didn't, I, I really thought. Yeah, she remember was, she lost a lot of her weight during the pandemic, and that movie was right before the pandemic or something. It was during the pandemic. It was during the pandemic. Well, right right before it started, the effect it was 2019. It was yeah. at the end of 2019 that we yeah. it came up. But all right, but I don't know. I thought I thought she lost the weight prior to. Cats, so I thought that was I was the most recent no. one. Yeah, if you see the picture, she's she's herself. Like I mean, I don't know why they would make her look like her traditional big self. Mm-hmm. Or she like lost the weight, but no, she's her tr- traditional big self. All right. But on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix did release, and we're going to talk about most of the movies that we saw. Netflix released a three minute trailer of uh, movies that there will be a preview of 2022 movies that are coming out this year. It's not the whole, it's not the entire list, but it apparently was like 28 movies in it that they're releasing. And not all of the movies were presented in it, in that trailer, in the preview. So I'm excited. Like, it's, it's almost like they're trying to like, because like I told you right now, the, and I've said this for a while. I think the age of movies is going to be more like it's going to be different. Uh-huh. So people are not necessarily going to look for the movie theater for to find a good movie. They're going to look for whatever's out. Especially Netflix. Netflix has been killing it, you know, with their shows and movies and stuff like that because yeah. there's a lot of good ones. And now that they're going to start to promote the way they have been, with, especially the trailer, that showed huge cast, huge oh. list of people. A cohort um, of A-listers in this in the entire all in the span of like all the movies that they presented, and it wasn't even just the cast that caught my attention. It was some of like obviously some of the premises that they were including in the trailers, like that. Yeah. The obviously there's fantasy, there's sci-fi, there's all these so, different things. So, so we'll we'll touch on most of them. So mm-hmm. the first one of them that caught our attention, and it was kind of a part of the opener, was The Gray Man, and this one is uh, a film that's directed with. Um, Anthony and Rod, uh, Russo, the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. I'd say Joe. Anthony and Joe Russo. Um, and that's with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Don't get it wrong, though. No, no, no. I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Gosley, Chris Evans, uh-huh. Ana de Admas are all in it. Mm-hmm. And this one is going to be sur- uh, surrounding that. Uh, this when court gentry, the CA's most skilled mercenaries, whose true identity is known to no one, accidentally uncovers dark agent secrets. Lloyd Henson, which I think is played by Chris Evans, mm-hmm. is a psychopath former colleague, puts a bounty on his head, setting off a global manhunt by international assassins. Okay, so traditional, yeah, that seems like a classic, uh, almost like, um. What's the one with uh, Matt Damon? Um, uh, uh, Born Identity. Yeah, it seems like a Born Identity style movie. Yeah. So then we also have uh, another one was Boo, 
This was uh, Marlon Wayans. He produces and stars this movie. And he this is going to be a father-daughter adventure mm-hmm. with a Halloween twist. So it's the premise is what it says. This is off of uh, Netflix's page. Was when a teenage girl accidentally unleashes an ancient and mischievous spirit on Halloween, causing decorations to come alive and wreak havoc. She must team up with the last person she'd want to order to, in order to save the world. Her skeptical father, Marlon Wayans. So it's gonna be. I feel it's gonna be uh, like scary movie, but more family friendly. The way they, which gonna, I'm excited because honestly, I, I like his. I like. I like, I like when his type the, of humor. I like his type of humor, and I like a lot of the. When the Wayne's family puts together a movie. Well, is it the Wayne's family? Because that's what I was going to ask. Is like his family hasn't really put something together together. They, as a team. I feel like it's just him. Like, that's the weird part is like you would think, like, especially let's go back all the way down to Scary Movie. It was like he literally didn't, his, his brother didn't show up in that one. In this, which one? In Scary Movie. Which brother? Sean. Sean was in the first one. First scary movie? No, it first wasn't. two. The first two scary movie was. No, no, not scary movie. Sorry. Uh, ha- um, uh, Haunted House, is it? Or the the one that he kind of remade? Because remember, he they lost uh, scary movie rights. Yeah. They made the whole. They, the they whole, sold it. They sold it, right? That's why. Those, uh, and that's when they made three, four, and five. Whatever. Yeah, it was were, without them. Yeah, it was with the, the different I, company. I think uh, uh, Haunted House, I, if I'm not mistaken, I want, I, I'm, mm. I'm not 100% sure, but I have a feeling that Sean was involved, mm. but wasn't in the movie. He was more. I think he was more, more back and uh, behind the scenes mm. uh, than than Marlon in this. I like haunted houses. Like I, I like part one and two. I don't, like, I don't know why. Like I don't know. I just feel like, especially him. I think I feel like he's. I kind of still like in my own personal opinion. I feel like sometimes he's undercredited because you don't really see him. Especially he does all these d- different movies, and even, even I think Netflix even had a show with him that I liked a lot. And uh, but it, they. Oh, so that one he was he he uh, Marlon Wayne screenplayed it, starred in it, storied and produced. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess this these are more his things. Yeah, uh, for that. But I would like to see Keenan Ivory and I mean, if all them work together, like to, to, to do another movie together, that would be awesome. Like money, it was the money talks. No money talks. More, more money. money. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like when he was making all these movies with his brothers, it felt. They were, I mean, like, I felt people recognized him more. Yeah. Uh, even though Marlon, I feel like, still goes out there and busts his ass trying to work. And yeah, because he do does well. that, and he does, he does stand up at the same time, too. Yeah, but I feel like it was more it was more recognized when his brothers were involved. Yeah, because they have a certain sense of humor to... to they do more satire, like... Um, satire comedy. Like, more pop, pop culture satire. Yeah, and I know Marlon does more physical comedy, because he has yeah. that facial expression with it. Uh, the next one would be that I want to touch on and see what your thoughts on mm-hmm. was uh, Day Shift. So this one, I think you're going to like this one. Okay, tell me the premise. Uh, the premise is, all right, so this is Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx uh-huh. and Snoop Dogg okay. are both in this movie. Okay. And it this is the premise. You ready? Okay. Ready. A hardworking blue-collar dad yeah. who just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted daughter. Mm-hmm. But his mundane San, Fran, uh, San Fernando Valley pool cleaning job is a front for his real source of income. And what that is? Hunting and killing vampires as part of an international union of what? vampire hunters. <laughs> and it also has Dave Franco and Megan Good in it. I did not get that in the trailer. <laughs> wow. No. And I know you love it. You, I, I mean, love you, vampires. Yeah. Man, I love that's vampires. What I'm saying. Yeah. 
<laughs> wow, did not get that. That was awesome. I'm I'm good. I'm hooked. I'm good in it. You yeah. good with that one? You hooked? Yeah, I did. Like I said, I did not see that in the trailer. And, and I think, and I've never thought of putting, mm-hmm. and, and I don't even know if, I, if I've seen it, maybe, but putting Jamie Foxx in a vampire movie. And I'm like, yeah. I'm good with it. I mean, Eddie Murphy did it. <laughs> Eddie, yeah, but Eddie Murphy did it on, on a, a more of a comedic level. Brooklyn, uh, Van, uh, Brooklyn from Vampire, Vampire from Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. Which they really should have done a sequel to that one. Oh, they should have. That would have definitely. Been, that would have been such a. And cool Snoop Dogg's done a, a vampire movie too. Really? Which one? Uh, let me pull it up. Well, well, yeah. So, but let's. See. Well, the other one that I don't know if you mentioned, I don't even know what the movie's about. I'm just. It's a weird combination of people. Was Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill. Yes, and I'm gonna, that would be one of my next ones. Yeah. But uh, let me just pull up Bones. He was in Bones. Bones. Oh, wait, he was the vampire? Yeah, know. he was the vampire. So the next one uh, that Nick went right into. Sorry. <laughs> that's fine. Not not a problem. Is You People. So this one is uh, it's actually scripted by uh, Jonah Hill and, and uh, Kina Barris. At which Kenya Barris, Kenya Barris, is uh, directing. Okay. So, the, so the cast is you ready? This is mm-hmm. the cast. So far, we have Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. uh, Julia Lewis Dreyfus, okay, Lauren London, okay, David Duchovny, yeah, Mia Long, which you haven't seen in a while, yeah, Molly Gordon, Rhea Perlman, Lala Lala Anthony, uh, and more. I guess they have a more list, but this comedy is about a new couple. And their family finds themselves examining modern love, family dynamics, amidst clashing cultures, societal expectations, and generational differences. Wow! So it feels like like Jonah Hill's marrying one, uh, I guess Eddie Murphy's daughter, or, or in relationship. So the family are meeting for the first time. Huh? And Louis Dreyfus is, I'm guessing, his mom. Wow! Julia Dreyfus, uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus, and uh, David Duchovny are the parents. Wow, that's so <laughs> And he looks like he. This is his new surfer look too. Yeah. Yes. So, so all right. The next one is. Uh, I think you like this one. So this is Christopher London as a director. Okay. If you know Christopher London, he, mm. he's done one of one movie that you, two movies that you do like, and you've mentioned it before, just because of the premise, Freaky. Okay. Yeah. And Happy Death Day. Oh yeah, he does them both. He's, both, he's yeah. done both. So he hums a scoopy, a spooky family adventure starring Anthony Mackie. Check this. Check the, this this cast. Anthony Mackie, mm-hmm. Dave, uh, David Harbour from um, uh, Stranger Things. Okay. Uh, Tig Tig Nor, uh, Norud, uh, Naturo, Naturo okay. Isabella Russo, Jennifer Coolidge, and it's it's about finding a ghost named Ernest haunting their new home. Turns Kevin's family into an overnight social media sensation. But when Kevin and Ernest go rogue to investigate the mystery of Ernest's past, they become a target of the CIA. That's so weird. <laughs> so weird. Honestly, I, I really hope it's more like, because what I liked about Happy Death Day and Freaky is like, it's like he took a very, a very Disney trope and they yeah. turned it into a horror movie. And yes. I love that. So I mean I don't know if that one's that's going to end up being with this one, but so far like I said I've loved those. Yeah. All right. Next one we have is Slumber uh, Slumberland. 
And this is the yeah, one. Yeah, that's the one I that caught my attention. Big that time. was the one with. Uh, it looks like Jason Momoa, Jason Momoa had a, like corns, like. Yeah, he's a what do you call that? He's a goat man or something like that. So this film is mm-hmm. directed by Francis Lawrence, which has done Constantine, I Am Legend, The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, Mockingbirds One and Two. Okay. Uh, so this one, uh, he uh, has made a career of exploring the nightmare scenarios look alike. Now he's traveling to the root of the problem of fan- this is gonna be a family friendly film. So starring Jason Momoa, Marla Barkley, uh, Chris O'Dowd, and Cloud Chandler. A young girl, so the premise is a young girl discovers a secret map to the dream world of Slumberland. With the help of an eccentric outlaw, she tra- uh, traverses dreams and flees nightmare with the hope that she'll be able to see her father again. Oh, because she sees her father in her dreams, so she goes to. Dreaming. I guess that's like a secret map. It rem- when I'm reading it, it, it reminded me a little bit of a, a Whisper in Time. Okay. If you remember, there was a movie that came out with the head like um, Oprah, uh, Oprah Winfrey. I heard it was so complicated though. Like it the- was really complicated, it, and and it was very. The point is pretty direct. The premise is pretty direct. The girl travels through through this fantasy world to try to get her dad back, mm-hmm. and I guess they just missed the mark on a lot of points and like moments that they that should have hit hard. Or mm-hmm. I, I remember watching it and I it, and it was struggling for me to like get hooked on it. To keep going, mm-hmm. so but hopefully we'll see because with with going opposite from Constantine, I am Legend and Hunger Games to something more family friendly, it'll be see how they can transition the uh, Francis Lawrence can transition over or mm-hmm. how he could do well with more family friendly. Uh, that the other one was Senior Year, which we just talked about. Uh, the uh, this one is called uh, the School of Good and Evil. And this is based off a best-selling book by Simone Chinchani, which is best friends Sophie and Agatha find themselves on opposing sides of a modern family tale, uh, modern fairy tale, when they're swept away into an enchanted school where young heroes and villains are trained to protect the balance of good and evil. And this one has a cast of Charlie Theron, Kerry uh, Washington's Lawrence Fishburne, and Michelle Yao. Okay. I'm so I like that. I like I like the fact that I don't know if they were like you need a if you're gonna be a villain you're gonna balance the evil side. It kind of feels like a high school, uh, the superhero high school one. Superhero high school one. You remember Sky, Sky High? high? Yeah. Oh, it's Sky High, or even uh, Wicked. This did have very a lot of Wicked vibes to this one. Wicked. Wicked is a Broadway musical. No, I know, but. It, that school really wasn't designed for that. They were just no, no. But it has the vibes of that. Okay, okay. the vibes of what Wicked would be. <clears throat> the next one is Luckiest Girl Alive, and this one was with uh, Mila Kunis, uh, Finn Whitrock, Chitari okay. Agrula, Jennifer Beals, and this one centers around. It looks like Mila Kunis's character. She's a sharp-tongued New Yorker who appears to have it all. A sought-after position at a glossy magazine, a killer wardrobe, and a dream Nantucket wedding on the horizon. But when the director of a crime documentary invites her to tell her side of this shocking incident that took place when she was a teenager at the prestigious Brentley School, Annie, which is Mila Kunis's character, is forced to f- of confront a dark truth and threatens her unravel her meticulous crafted life. Oh, uh, I wonder if it's one of the because I've I've heard with those documentaries they kind of like 
I mean, I don't know if it's true, but supposedly, like, some of them, they have a bad habit of, like, almost leaving you thinking it might be somebody. But that person was already, by that point, already proven not to have done the crime. Yeah. But they kind of leave it, like, because that's what they do. They generate a kind of drama from it. So they generate, like, they leave you asking questions. So basically, people start thinking, like, oh, you know, that person did all these crimes. They they actually didn't do it, but the drama the, the drama and the way that they show it. So I can imagine if she's a part of that, and all of a sudden, like everybody's thinking that she committed this crime, she never did. Yeah, or yeah. maybe she wasn't. She saw it or wasn't involved, but she just made sure that she was never associated, so she did everything to get out of it. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting to see. I like Mila Kunis. She does pretty good movies. <clears throat> uh, the next one is End of the Road. End of the Road. So this one is with Queen Latifah, Ludacris, and Bo Bridges. Okay. Which is, I haven't seen him in a movie in a while. Uh, and this story is about Brenda, a recent widow who has just lost her job and drives her family across country to start a new life in the New Mexico, New Mexico desert. Cut off from help, they learn they have to fight back when they become targets of a mysterious killer. Okay, that's interesting. Especially with the cast. Yeah. Well, I like, well, Queen Stephen does a Equalizer a TV know. show. I know, but I was say that she has a... Right, Equalizer or Equalizer? So, and she's, so I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming she does action in it, so mm-hmm. I think that she's in a... How old is she, though? She's up there. Queen Latifah? She's at least... I feel like Wait, she's... Let's get that. Let's she at least in her 50s? Give me a number. Let's let's see. I say 50, 54. Ooh, close. 51. Ah, Close. And, and, and this goes into your, your theories, like all these people that are post-50 at, uh, actors are doing super hardcore action movies. Yeah. <laughs> once, once uh, yeah, once they, they turn 50 and they have an already established career in Hollywood, they just start doing this action. Yeah. Uh, another one was, and this will be our last one, would be The Mothership. This is with uh, Halle Berry. Yeah. And this one is a sci-fi action that follows Holly Bear's, um, her one year, it's been one year since her husband mysteriously vanished from the rural farm when she discovers a strange and ex- uh, extraterrestrial object underneath their home. Uh, Halle Berry and her family embarks on a race to find their husband, father, and most importantly, the truth. Okay. So I, what I liked about this is that they're giving you, with Netflix in particular, they're giving you a wide range. So anybody that likes a particular style of movie, they're giving it to you this year. Like, And they're not holding back because the, the cast on each movie that we mentioned are top tier. Like, You know what I love about Netflix is that Netflix, uh, even though they, they kind of hardcore promote some movies, they have so much stuff out there that you really don't know what's new and what's old, right? Yeah. So the reason I say that is because um, I remember I was talking to somebody, and I've been trying to say this for a while, um, because ever since uh, the, what was it, ever since uh, uh, Squid Games came out, you know, more people are, like, talking about all these Korean movies. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, but that as good as that one was, there's so many others. And, and, and I feel like a lot of, a few of them are better. Yeah, a lot of them I liked a lot. Some of them I liked a lot better. But somebody literally came up to me the other day, and they were like, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, ever since Squid Games, now the, now Netflix is, is throwing all these brand new Korean movies. Like, no. What? Like, no way. I'm like, what, what brand new Korean movies or TV shows? And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, there's this one called, uh, um, Ace, uh, what was it? Um, Alice in Borderland. Alice in Borderland. I'm like, that's not new. Like, I saw the year, <laughs> like a year before Squid Games, something like that. 
And then I'm like, I'm laughing because that's what it is. Because they didn't pay attention to those before, people thinking that these are new. Because yeah. now they're looking for, now they're discovering them. So pe- the people are looking at them like they're brand new. But they're all there and they're all oh, good. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Sometimes I literally just start going through Netflix. And now I'm, now I'm starting this habit because I like to binge watch. But now I'm starting this habit where I'm literally just going to go through Netflix and just start watching one episode of all these different shows just to see... If it catches you. If it catches me, and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to come back to that. Yeah. Because there's so much out there, and I don't want, I'm tired of missing them. Yes, and I've recommended so many movies and TV shows to you that you need to start watching. I, which one have I not started, like, like started watching? Stranger Things. I watched the first season of Stranger Things. Did you really watch First it? season, yes. Okay. Uh, so then let's go to Sing Street. That's a movie you've been wanting to watch, and you recently just told me about it. I didn't recently tell you about it. Bullshit. <laughs> I've been saying that for a while. Anyways, continuing the story. Cobra Kai. I saw the first episode. After first, how, saw the first how, couple how, episodes. How long did they take? I had to force you to sit down to watch the yeah, first episode. And I watched. And then <laughs> after that, I started watching Archive 81. And then Archive after 81, that, I've been to- I told you about too. <laughs> and I watched the first. I'm almost done with that one. And then um, I, I saw Murderville. And then and I that saw, shit's hilarious too. <laughs> Did you see the second one? I haven't seen one. Marshall Lynch now. It's hilarious. It's more funny because you can tell he really like he doesn't even try to play. He literally just just is himself the whole time. I and I, I, I want to watch it. It's just that uh, there's there's a few, there's one piece mm-hmm. which I'm I know one piece feels like a commitment. One it piece it feels is like, a com- it is a commitment. So I try to commit. I try my best to commit to ten episodes a day. Okay. And I feel like if I do 10 episodes a day, I could probably finish or catch up by the end of the year or following next year. I feel like, but I, I, I really try to sit down and watch at least 10 episodes a day because I don't want to overdo it because I want to give time to watch other shows that I'm trying to catch up on. Which now I'm starting to appreciate like all these other shows that are doing one episode uh, runs. A week? Yeah. And, they, and we I started appreciate. I started appreciating it only because oh, now I can absorb it and, you know, go by and then watch something else. So that, like, for example, the Peacemaker, love Peacemaker, yes, love Peacemaker, um, and then I get excited. Euphoria was is getting is is good. I gotta catch up to that one. Um, the other thing too is funny because even though I wasn't too excited about the series, now I watch all the episodes when they come out. As far as uh, how much your your, your father, father, that yeah. one's decent. I haven't watched the last two episodes. Okay, but and it's and funny enough is I told you this was gonna happen. What we, gonna we talked about? It. We talked about this. Uh, as, Probably like at last year, I think when I, yeah. when HBO was started to pick up steam, uh, HBO Max started to pick up steam, and um, the one episode of thing started coming to be popular. Yeah, because and I told you like because just because well because what, uh, uh, it creates Disney it keep, Disney really really set it off with what they did with um, Mandalorian. Well, not just was it Mandalorian the one that started yeah. off? Mandalorian was the first uh, first uh, TV show I think they were doing week to episodic week, yeah. episodic, but week to week that. People were just carrying the conversation from week, and that's what the thing is like. As long as they're in in on social media of how do uh, people doing breakdowns of each episode and what to expect in the episodes, you're creating conversation and it's continuing the hype of it, and that carries on to the next episode. Then you like next episode, you add add on to what you learned from that one and prior and present, and what's going to go on next. So that just builds this this whole thing. Where you want to know what happens next, and you want to be the first one to to sit to put a theory out there and be like, "I did it, I said it right." Yeah. Then to have one show come completely out, all in one sitting, unless it's it's a it's a show that is bingeable, 
that you could just watch it one sitting and be like, all right, let's move no, on. No, honestly, I like. I do. Like, I think. I like. I think uh, you were right about the episodic version of it because think about it. Well, episodic is different from a week to week. No, no, but like, okay. So what I mean is like a full like, re- say, a full release or a weekly release. Yeah, because it, I think that because they do a week to week release to say of um, Peacemaker. Peacemaker. First off, I appreciate the intro a lot more because <laughs> yes. I think if I was watching episode to episode, you just skip it. The other, I would skip it. But because I'm only watching once a week, I enjoy it. Oh, it's coming out. They see the I got to see the mm-hmm. beginning because it does have a really cool intro. Glam and then and then I like because I feel like there's a lot. Each episode has one thing that I can kind of appreciate. And I felt like if they did a whole reveal, that I would basically it would be less. Like you know, I would yeah. probably just say one crazy thing that happened throughout the show. Versus now, I'm telling you for each episode, there was this part cool, this part that was cool. Yeah. So that's the thing. I think I appreciate it more because it's like I'm appreciate each episode um, as opposed to it as a whole. Yes. Oh, definitely. So. So yeah. So that's and 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 that's one thing. It's like depending on I, my thing is depending on the popularity, mm-hmm. depending on what what I guess when they're coming out with this movie, they have a forecast of like how much they're projected to streams they're trying to do mm-hmm. depending on the cast the storyline everything else if it doesn't have like a fan base for it you hear me like mm-hmm. star wars does but like squid game if it would have came out week to i i think the if squid game would have came out week to week mm-hmm. i don't think it would have possibly didn't have the popularity it does now you because think so just because people if you can't binge it like something that doesn't have a following it's easier to consume than Star Wars that you have this people that be like, I'm going to watch it every week that comes out unless the first season is that good to hold on its own. But now that we only have one season of squid game, we don't know if it's coming back. If this is coming back for number two, but unless it didn't come out as a binge, I don't know if it's going to have the same popularity as it did before mm-hmm. because things didn't hit shit. The, the shit that didn't hit the fence, like almost episode two, maybe three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But that first episode with was the- good. That first episode with the with the doll and everything like that. Yeah. That was that was ridiculous. Yeah. Now don't get me wrong, if the first one was ridiculous and then every and let's like, say the first next three were boring, then they would be like, Oh, just it was just a good hook. So yeah. maybe not finish watching it and because it got crazier and better later on. Yeah. But I I do like the idea of having week to week to have you give time to one, conversate about what you saw and actually form an idea and our opinion on it. And two Gives you time to watch another show, like you said. So, yeah. interesting. Uh, right. so, but I can't wait for what Netflix has to offer. Oh, yeah. And there's only movies, not even including TV shows that they have planned. So, like, animated series. There's one I'm watching. It's called Orbital Kids, I think it is. which is Orbital Kids? Orbi- I think it's called Orbital Kids. So, it's a, it, it is, uh, there was one kid that was born on the moon. Mm-hmm. And they go to, it looks like an international space station. And they have these three other kids come from Earth. To the same station because they're trying to learn something or teach something. I'm I'm reading the premise. I only saw like half of the first episode, mm-hmm. and I for some reason I feel like there's something's gonna happen on Earth that they need to find a way to survive in space mm. because Earth is dying or something. Like that. But okay. it's anime. I read a little bit of the premise, but I want to really dive into it and see what goes on. Mm. But like that, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the latest ep- latest episodes from my mom's garage. As always, you could tune us in on find us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at from my mom's garage or email us at fmmg.podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, thoughts, 
concerns or topics you want us to discuss, or if you have a question for us to answer, let us know. As always, tell a friend, send a friend, or bring a friend. See you next week. Later.